beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Zach McCoy. I'm Trav. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worsty Podcast, our Thursday show with Thursaysy, where we take a look at the oeuvre of a one perennial Oscar bridesmaid and knower of cinema, Mr. Martin Scorsese. And what are we watching this week, Zach? We are watching Scorsese's Passion Project, The Last Temptation of Christ, a film that looks at the humanity of Jesus and asks, what would have happened if he was tempted with a happy mortal life? Thank you. And joining us to speak about The Last Temptation of Christ is an up-and-coming film critic who her social media fans would recognize as an optimistic, fun facts film fanatic, Miss Christina Reynolds. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That was a hell of an intro. <laughs> I I was given all that to all that copy and I really enjoyed spitting it out. So mm-hmm. I like that. that. I'm gonna start sending you mine in every week too. Then do it, baby. it. Christina, welcome. Uh we're, we're very happy to have you. Um uh I, I guess I'm gonna hit you with a couple questions real quick just to kind of gauge where we are. Um First off, uh, what what made you decide to come on and talk to us about Last Temptation of Christ? Uh, uh, you know, I have been familiar with your podcast for a little while now, and admittedly, this is the first time y'all are discussing a film that I've actually seen recently. Oh, <laughs> so I just thought it'd be a good experience overall. All right, all right, all right. This is this is the weird question that I'm, I'm still kind of workshopping, so I apologize for the wording on it. But uh, <laughs> where were you in 1988 if you were around, and do you have any memories of the time? Uh, I was not born yet. <laughs> okay, hey, that this question is going to get better for a lot of people when we get later on in the thing. So I'm just not. I hope so. Yeah, I hope <laughs> for the sake of the pod. Maybe for the sake of my own sanity. Who knows? <laughs> it's okay, because um, I wasn't born yet, neither. So, What are some formative films for you, uh, first films that you remember seeing at the theater or on, at home, films that you loved growing up? I've been actually thinking about this question. If you want the real answer to this question, growing up, I would have described myself as one of like the worst movie watchers on the planet. I am definitely a fidgeter. It's very rare that I sit down and just watch a movie and I don't do anything else. Um, As far as getting into watching films analytically, the uh, short answer to this question is um, I was watching a documentary about people that have committed crimes that have been influenced by TV or movies and the because of the nature of the show, it's hosted by people that film or analyze films themselves. Um, and it kind of turned into me thinking, well, maybe I can do that. Um, as far as jumping into analyzing films as much as I do now, I would say the one that made me really decide to do that was probably Natural Born Killers. Okay. Just because I thought the context in which that film was made was, it's phenomenal. And that's usually sort of what I look for when I do analyze films. All right. And my final question, and I think the most important question of this podcast, have you seen and what do you think of the greatest masterpiece of all time, Cats? There it is. There it is. You you know what? I haven't seen that movie, but I feel like I should get partial credit because I've listened to the soundtrack. I will give you all (laughs) the credit you deserve. 
that uh you you should see cats. It's, you should it's see cats. It's it's incredible. I have really good memories of watching the like original musical on VHS okay. when I was younger. So I just don't want to tarnish that. <laughs> That's yeah. fair. Somehow wearing cat suits was better choice than <laughs> than what they actually did. <laughs> Look, I will I will continue to say it until the day I die. It is the film that made all the wrong choices in all the right ways. Absolutely. I I 1000% agree with you, buddy. <laughs> and I still haven't seen it myself, so. <laughs> Zach, you got you got to see cans. I know. All right. Now comes the time that we talk our Oscar breakdown. Break it down. Uh, this film was nominated for one Academy Award. Insane. There is no justice in the world. Insane. And that goes to our perennial Oscar bridesmaid, Mr. Martin Scorsese, for Best Director, who lost to Barry Levinson for Rain Man, the Best Picture winner of 1988. I'm not mad at that choice, though. I'm, yes and no. Not mad at it. You know, if, if you want to hear my thoughts on that, we got a whole episode on Rain Man. Yep. And that's our Oscar breakdown. Insane. Yeah. Uh, it had a couple of Golden Globe nominations. Best Supporting Actress for Barbara Hershey as uh, Mary Magdalene. Um, best Original Score from Peter Gabriel. Oh, should have been nominated. And poor Harvey Keitel gets a <laughs> Golden Raspberry Award Worst Supporting Actor. And oh, bro, did he? That's he did. the mm-hmm. dumbest decision I've oh, ever heard. Oh, bullshit, bro. I'm yeah, wrong. I don't agree with that whatsoever. That's- no, that you're crazy. Dude, you are crazy. As fuck. Like, I was going to say, <laughs> William Defoe didn't get nominated because Harvey Keitel is god-fucking-awful as Judas <laughs> in this film. He is trash. No, I don't God, think he's terrible. Hey, I don't agree with that, but maybe we can talk about that. <laughs> oh, we will. I was definitely planning on bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about this movie. Okay. So. So, I... I was waiting on the question, Paul. What are we thinking about this movie? Was it everybody's first time seeing it? Oh, 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 yeah. Off his game tonight. I am. I told you, I'm slap happy and full of burgers. You need some Chad Kroger's Nirvana in your life, buddy. I had a a bunch of apps at TGI Fridays. (laughs) I think they put something in them. Yep. Fuck it, Steven Trothin. I'm going to punch him. Um, (laughs) This is everybody's first time seeing this movie. Yep. Yes. Oh. Big old no for me. Zach, do you remember when you saw this movie? It was only a couple of years ago. And uh, Christina, there's a game we play on this podcast. It's a drinking game whenever somebody shows a Criterion copy oh. of the movie. Oh. It's on the shelf behind you there. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Double sips. Got, yep. got the DVD. Very That's nice. How, how long I've been watching this movie. <laughs> yeah. So it was just a couple of years ago. Um, another thing, like, once I really kind of got into Criterion movies and trying to fill the holes in my mm-hmm. Scorsese filmography. Right. Nice. Uh, I watched this in high school because, again, uh, Paul Schrader and Martin Scorsese teaming back up. One of my favorite films, Taxi Driver. So I was watching anything they did together. And also I was uh, really getting into my agnosticism through high school and uh, thought I'd uh, watch a really controversial film that got brought to my attention after I saw the movie dogma. Mm-hmm. So was this mentioned in dogma or did somebody like you saw dogma I, with somebody in the, I, I read 
I was probably reading Entertainment Weekly or something, okay. and, and they brought it up, and I was like, oh. Gotcha. Okay. I, say, yeah. I definitely don't remember this being mentioned in Dogma. I don't think it was, but, you know, it's Dogma had the same uh, religious zealotry right. backlash that this did. Probably not to the extreme that this film did, but, mm-hmm. you know, it was one of those, like, here's here's some other really controversial religious films. Right. And... I was like, okay, yeah, let's okay, let's do that. <laughs> so, all right, now let's talk about this movie. I was gonna say maybe we should let the guests go first, then. Okay, I'm just excited to talk about this movie, Christina. How do you feel about this movie? Um, you know, I don't have any strong feelings about it right this second. Um, I thought one of the funniest things I felt while watching this movie is for a long time, I was kind of waiting for it to get controversial. And then as soon as it gets controversial, it's that whole half hour, that last half hour, just, I don't know. I'm still sort of digesting what I saw in that movie is all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I, I definitely digested it and I loved every bite. Uh, that was awesome. It is. It is quite the meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't see that like coming. That burger. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. didn't see that. I didn't see that happening in this film. Let me let me say that. I think um kind of like Christina, even though I've seen it twice now, I'm still like fully developing my feelings. I think it's a very good film. It's very personal. Obviously, we've discussed about how long Marty's wanted to make this movie and then he finally right. gets to do it. He has what time constraints and budget constraints kind of put on him, which is unfortunate because maybe if he'd had more time he could have done other things that he wanted to, but I still think I don't really know his full thoughts on how it turned out. You know, I was, I was hoping to dig, like it's been a long time since I watched any of the special features and like criteria. And I was hoping to dig into them this week and I can only complain about how bad my week is so much. So I'm not going to do that a lot more. <laughs> you sure? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that right there on the floor. Um, uh, but I know, you know, he apparently Barbara Hershey handed him, the book that this is based off of mm-hmm. while they were shooting boxcar Bertha. Okay. So he's been trying to make this movie for a decade and a half. Yeah. Uh, and every time it seems to be going the way he wants it to, something gets pulled out from under him, uh, rights disappear or, uh, entire production just goes away because the studio is afraid of the religious backlash. Uh, then they he finally gets on with this one and his budget gets slashed in half and uh they lose Jerusalem as a shooting location and have to shoot in Morocco. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just all goes wrong for him. And the fact that this film is this good is just a testament to how wonderful he is. Incredible. Yeah, I feel like the problems you're saying he encountered aren't even like real problems to be honest with you. Like, they had no effect on the outcome of the movie, in my opinion. Like, I mean, the, a budget getting slashed in half can really fuck up your production. But what, what about this movie would you have said they could have dumped more money into, is what I'm saying. Personally, I don't know, because it's one of these films that I love so much that it's hard to imagine a better version of this movie. I'm just saying, never once did I say that looks like shit when I was watching this film. So like, and I think that really comes down to just how good he is at maintaining the budget, and you know, doing stuff like um, 
after hours mm-hmm. so quickly and so so uh shoestring budget probably helps him out in that area. Yeah. You know how long they filmed this for? That's no. like 40 something days. Cause I was about to say one of the things that was affected the most was the amount of times that certain scenes could be taped. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all got the impression I got, but there are some scenes where it's sort of obvious that they used either the first or second take that they got. And it's almost like they were forced to do that. So that is something that I don't think more money would have improved, but it, it would have definitely been in their favor if they yeah. could have done some scenes maybe over and over. Right. Right. Yeah. Pro- probably not to like Kubrickian levels, but at least a few more takes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so bringing that up is when uh, that's where, you know, we got the contentious point about Harvey Keitel here. That I think he put in a decent performance, but as a person from Brooklyn, he just he can't shake his accent enough. It, wow. it's, it, that's what pulled me out. <laughs> but that's one thing I like about this film is that all of the Jewish characters in this film all have New York accents. Mm. And that's all done very specifically to kind of plant them into a more contemporary context about humanity. Okay. While all of the Romans have like British accents to make them feel a little more foreign. That's a good point. So that's, that's just something I, I really appreciate about, uh, appreciate about the film. Uh, also Irvin Kirshner showing up doesn't hurt anything. Now I, um, I do think uh, Barbara Hershey definitely should have got a nomination for best supporting actress. Absolutely. I don't understand how that went uh unmentioned at all yeah. her performance is yeah. incredible yeah in one film. time the golden globes get it right and the oscars really don't oh. yeah well who'd she lose to in that golden globes does anybody know i'm gonna pull that up here see if i can oh, see okay well while you're doing that let me shit on harvey cattell for like <laughs> two minutes dude because i'm telling you you can william, shout on christine dude, it's okay william defoe i the, i don't know bro I don't want to get super into religious talk, but I don't have any problem with a white Jesus if that white Jesus is fucking William Defoe after watching I agree. this movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. holy shit, no complaints. This guy was incredible. And I mean, oh, we know so how good. incredible William Defoe is, you know, and still in 2021, but Jesus, man, he's so incredible. And it's just, I just felt like every... William Defoe's acting his ass off, and then Harvey Cattell comes back like with some dog shit counter, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, bro, the whole, especially <laughs> at the ending, man, when like William Defoe's really fucking putting in this performance, and his speech is garbage at the end. I'm like, this guy is like, <laughs> I don't you know, know what? bro. I will agree, but I don't feel like his script was really that strong to begin with. As far as Judas being like an emotionally compelling or complicated character, which is what I think of when I think of Judas as a biblical character. So I don't really know if I'd say I hold that performance against him as much as I think his script was a little weak considering what he was supposed to represent in that context. Fair. Mm. Well, you know, all I know is Paul Schrader and Martin usually never miss on a script. So, you know. Um, you might be right about the script, 
but I'm still going to give him the blame because I can't <laughs> put the blame on Paul Schrader and Martin Scorsese. <laughs> it's just in me. I can't. And uh, no, that's fair. It's just the worst performance I've ever seen from him. Like, it was just so bad to me. And it's funny that you brought up that he was nominated for a Razzie because uh, so I didn't undeserved. even. Dude, so super deserved. Because usually when you bring up that list every week, it's like Stallone and like the shark from Jaws 3 or something (laughs) stupid, right? And it's like, okay, these are like people just really reaching to be dicks. And when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, that one's deserved, dude. Like he's he's bad in this movie, real bad. (laughs) And like this dude was outperformed by the extras in the crowd, in my opinion. Like that's how bad – this man's performance because I really felt like everybody gave Oscar performances then well to circle back to the Golden Globes Sigourney Weaver won Best Supporting Actress for a Working Girl for oh, Working okay. Girl? Okay, I yeah. can't man alright All right. You know. she I'm not mad at it I'm not mad at it because Sigourney loses the Oscar to Gina Davis for uh, Accidental Tourist so that's oh okay I've never seen that movie that's an interesting pick uh Love me some Sigourney. And oh, she absolutely. She should have won for, for Aliens. Yeah. Um, yeah, but circling back onto this movie, um, I absolutely love delving into the humanity of Christ and making him a flawed but intriguing character and caring a little less about his his mysticism and his his more magical qualities and really getting down to the nitty gritty of he, he might've been the son of God, but he is still a man. A man's man. man. Steven Winkle. Um, <laughs> sorry. That's a nod for our wrestling fans out there. If we have any. <laughs> uh, don't worry. I'll laugh at your jokes. Then I got you. I got you back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah so uh, yeah go on Zach. i um yeah defoe really really he's always good at emotional uh uh turmoil and anguish and stuff and it's like you said it i, I don't want to get too deep into anybody's personal faith because we're not necessarily here to talk about that but right um or are we maybe i don't know <laughs> i'm i guess i'm one of those uh undecided folks um but i just i like to sit back and and um watch this and it just it makes me think about just the human condition and stuff and that's i think that's what i take away from this more than anything now this book is supposed to be a fictional telling of jesus christ pulled from some form of nonfiction of scriptures quote unquote correct Right. The book isn't supposed to be a uh, actual. This is what I believe happened. Kind of. It's a fictional telling, correct? Right. It's 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 more allegory than anything. Speaking of like the humanity of if if Jesus, if Jesus is the Son of God and he is and he is susceptible to temptation, then why are you so hard on yourself? Right. Okay. So, it, yeah, it's it's a really interesting look at faith and and how how we all falter, and even the best of us or the ones we look to as the best of us are not always on the right track. 
but that doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah. I love how Martin Scorsese is doing uh, Adult Swim shows before Adult Swim was even <laughs> a thing, because this last 30 minutes is definitely an Adult Swim show, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> Wild concept. I wish it was Joe Parra talks with you. Yes. <laughs> um, I really like, you know, they kind of, I didn't see the little girl thing being, you know, Satan and temptation and all that stuff. Like, you know, so that, that was like a cool little twist. Yeah, I didn't either. I yeah. was a little shocked. I was a little shocked that I didn't expect that, to be honest yeah. with you. It was something that was obvious in retrospect. Yeah. yeah. We're disappointed in ourselves. Damn it. <laughs> we should have known better, Martin. Especially when the pillar of fire shows back up. It's like, told you I'd be back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Adult Swim. That is super Adult Swim right there. Uh, I, um, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything negative about Harvey Keitel again, other than the scene in the desert. I wish, uh, at that point, I wish somebody else was playing Judas that had a better voice for the lion because his voice as the lion distracted me. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> uh, the I worst expect- part is he looks, he has like a lion's mane the whole film. <laughs> well, <that's- laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. We, we could have gotten De Niro's lion. Hey. Yeah. I'm a lion. I'm a lion. <laughs> Jeez. And again, I, I swear to God, I promise I'm not trying to come up here every week and shit on De Niro. But Martin Scorsese does better movies when De Niro is not in the movie. I mean, I'm just telling you. It is what it is. You can think that. That's fine. I, You're sure, wrong. Sir, I'll take Martin and William Stand Defoe alone. as a team over yeah. Martin and De Niro all day. I will literally take Willem Defoe and anybody as a team. Like, Yeah, like, honestly. <laughs> I love De Niro, and he's a big reason I'm an actor. But Willem Defoe is just something special mm-hmm. that guy's fucking wild yeah like even in uh spider-man hey look at all these spider-men we've just bought um he's the best part of that movie i still haven't seen it oh uh, you know Aww. i think you have you just don't know that you have seen it <laughs> but you, you have, have seen it they, okay. already, they already told you what the whole movie was for fucking five months now so you have seen this movie <laughs> you've seen it through osmosis yeah. jesus <laughs> but yeah no this movie was uh again i don't know his thoughts on how it came out considering this was like his passion project his baby but mm-hmm. i thought this movie was just so wonderfully done and they covered a huge timeline in uh jesus's life and it didn't feel like a three-hour movie. No, not at all. Trying to do last-minute research here. Did Was Scorsese happy with Last Temptation of Christ? Yeah. So I saw there was a, you know, obviously studios had fear of making it because of some controversy or mm-hmm. threats that they had. And there were apparently some... Was there a cinema that was burned down that was showing it or something? Yeah, I think yeah, in like yeah. early... Wild. I mean, mm-hmm. first, first, someone shoots Reagan because of one of his movies. Then someone burns out <laughs> a movie theater. <laughs> We're having a great eighties, <laughs> <laughs> and we wonder why he's acting the way he's acting. You know, but yeah. also too, um, I saw that like one of the movie theaters like refused to show it, and then like ended up apologizing mm-hmm. to him or whatever. Yeah, and I, 
I think it's really just one of those things that people hadn't seen the movie. They they might have read the book. They might not have. Who knows? But they hadn't seen the movie, and they they just didn't know what. And I, what I was don't in store. I mean, I don't even. And I'm not. I, you better not say it. I don't even know what's so controversial. <laughs> I mean, in the end, he he still makes the yeah, choice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's not controversial because I am who I am, and it's fucking 2021, and right, you know, but. I totally understand. I mean, again, we are burning Harry Potter books, dude, and saying yeah. that Pokemon was the devil. So, of <laughs> course, people were like, "You can't, you can't show Jesus doing that." As as yeah. a twenty five year Pokemon fan, I'm sh- I'm not sure the Pokemon's not the devil. It might be it the really devil on my wallet. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> my boys are playing uh, Shining Pearl, Brilliant Diamond right now. So. Mm, wow. See, 120 bucks, gone, 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 just like that. Thankfully, they got them for Christmas, not from us. Not finding any immediate results. I have to post something after the article, the episode comes out. Mm. But yeah, I really don't have much thoughts on the film. Like, it was a really good film. William Defoe put in an incredible performance, and I think this is Martin's best work to date, in my opinion. Oh my gosh! Well, to date, sure. I didn't say his best work ever. Okay. I'm saying to date. Okay. Um, think this is 1987. So Martin has 10 films, like actual film films, somewhere yeah. in that ballpark. Somewhere around the ballpark. Maybe not even. No. So. I'm trying to think of some more. Any uh, comments as far as the film? I think with the, the shortening of time and maybe budget constraints, I think some of the in-city shots could have i i don't know I, I think about historic epics but this doesn't doesn't need to be a historic epic it's a small scale intimate and that kind of suits it so yeah it's this, like this is things. more character study than anything yeah mm-hmm. so we don't need the big sets i guess and it would have been nice to have seen it shot in jerusalem um mm-hmm. but i don't think it detracts from the movie too much no i like peter gabriel's score it's interesting Dude, oh it's, it's so good that's that's proving uh, don't say been, it. What don't. I've been saying for weeks. Don't say it. Fuck Phil Collins. Dude, fuck you, man. <laughs> Why are you always shitting on my man for you're tripping? Because fuck him. I hate him. God. Even though he had Ultimate Warrior in, in his music video this year. Christina, what are your thoughts on Phil Collins? Um, you know, I don't have a beef with Phil Collins. I'm not obsessed with him, but I mean as you shouldn't have a beef with Phil. <laughs> I mean, I have some Phil Collins on my iPod, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> I was just wondering if, if, you, if you came down on one side or the other. I really don't give, like, I don't care if you like him or not. Like, <laughs> you, it sounds you do, like you, you do. It sounds like you do. <laughs> just a tiny bit. <laughs> I just, it may I, sound like you, you do, but, you know, I, I'll tell you one thing about Paul is that uh, he doesn't care if you agree at all with him he will still <laughs> shout it as loud as he possibly can so. <laughs> all i'm saying is fuck bill calls that's all i'm saying yeah well you know he gave us that that tarzan soundtrack and i don't care if you know it's a facebook meme now it's still an incredible soundtrack it, it takes a five and i love some genesis so <laughs> i love some genesis too just as long as peter gabriel but yeah i mean Again, if you take away the first four movies of Martin Scorsese, because again, from Who's That Knocking at My Door to Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, I think are 
not good movies. From Taxi Driver on, I mean, we're talking about seven films from Taxi Driver to Last Temptation. And, you know, Taxi Driver is a great movie, but I just prefer this movie over it. Showing your hand early on the ranking. Yeah, j- jumping the gun on the questions there. Well, not really, because Taxi Driver, you saw me, was ranked towards every week. You know it's ranked down there at the thing, so. Yeah. Well. And you uh, don't need to point it out, neither. <laughs> My God. Christine, are there any other particular thoughts uh, about this film or maybe Scorsese in general that you cared to touch on? Um, I mean, not specifically. I would say Martin Scorsese is one of my maybe favorite bigger directors um, because I tend to lean towards biographical dramas mm-hmm. since I'm usually interested in the changes that are made between the real story and whatever's being seen on screen. Um, and Martin Scorsese, his movies tend to be in the vein of character studies, which I think is the closest to that genre. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we've gotten one biographical drama out of him so far with Raging Bull. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Have you seen Raging Bull? Yes, I have. What, are, what, what do you think thoughts? of Raging Bull? I mean, I really like Raging Bull. Um, it's it's actually mostly an accurate movie too, as mm. far as following. I can't remember the main character's name. I'm sorry. Um, but as far as far as a composite of choices he made versus the consequences of his actions, it's a pretty accurate movie, I would say. Yeah, he really is that much of a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It also took that movie for him to realize it too. All right. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh... Let's move on to our worsty judgments. So uh, we usually let our guests go first. Christina? So I'm reading, just to clarify, I'm reading The Last Temptation of Christ in relation to the other Martin Scorsese movies I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. Uh, normally when we do this on uh, our main show we just ask if it's like the worst best picture that people have seen as opposed to any other best picture that they've seen whereas we only rank it against what we have watched for the show which is you know, from 1967 up till 1988 at this point but yeah so um, you get a but much with, broader but with you you can you can go down the line as far as you want and talk about any Scorsese films you maybe don't like as much or Scorsese films you like more. It, you're, you're kind of free reign, whereas we've limited ourselves because we're fools. <laughs> Fool. Okay. Fool. Um, well, as far as relative to the other movies I've watched, uh, I would say this is pretty high up there. Um, Cause the, the only Martin Scorsese movie that I've watched that I really don't like and like, Pardon me if I offend anyone here, but I do not like Gangs of New York. I do not like okay. it. <laughs> like that would be at the bottom of my Martin Scorsese list if I had one. It's it's okay. been about fifteen years since I watched that one, so I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm curious to see how I like it when we get to it. Yeah. Um. But uh, let's see. I would probably put The Aviator and King of Comedy before Last Temptation of Christ. Oh wow! And then. Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe right after that would be Goodfellas and Raging Bull. Okay. Nice. Yeah. We're uh we're split folks here as far as King of Comedy. Trav, not a fan. <laughs> Paul it and is I a stinker. Are fans. Yeah, I ha- I have this I have it ranked very high. 
very yeah. high. All right. Well, Tramp, uh, where's the sit on your Thursday rankings? I'm sure that you've already told us that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, pretty much. Just, and I mean, he, Martin Scorsese's got some incredible movies up to this point. Um, I really loved Color of Money. After Hours was fucking incredible. Jesus, yeah, it it's so good. I love Taxi Driver. But uh, I put Last Temptation as the best Martin Scorsese film to date. I was completely enamored in this movie. I don't know if it was because I sat in the dark and I had on headphones and Peter Gabriel put in a hell of a score um and william defoe's performance it's just criminal that this man wasn't nominated yeah i don't care what movie came out this year yeah i don't care what performance somebody gave you can't tell me they out fucking performed (laughs) william defoe in this movie fuck you so yeah this is my number one martin scorsese film dude to date man last temptation of christ there you go zach where's the sitting for you I'm looking at my list. Hmm. I don't have it quite as high as Trav. Um, is it going to be my number four or my number five? One of those two. I think, I think I'm going to put it at number four. So I've got Taxi Driver at number one, Raging Bull at number two, After Hours number three, and then Last Temptation of Christ, my number four. Nice. Paul, what do you got? Well... I got my criterion. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love this movie. I can't take no more sips, pal. Now get drunk, baby. <laughs> um, on the sprite. I, I watched this DVD quite a few times. I think this film is incredible. Uh, Trav, you're <laughs> completely on the money. Willem Dafoe in this film is... <sighs> There's just few performances. It makes you a believer. Yeah, it makes me a believer in Willem Dafoe. Because he's amazing. Look at that man. He's gorgeous. I love him <laughs> so much. Yeah, he is very, very sexy in this movie. A sexy Jesus. He had a good body, too. <laughs> rock me, rock me, rock me, sexy Jesus. Um, I have this in my number two. Nice. There's only one film I like more. Than. And there he is. And there he is. Oh, look at him. He's so cute. <laughs> there's, there's Travis right there. <laughs> there's Travis. <laughs> my second favorite Travis. Uh uh, and that's a hell of a compliment right there. Just uh, that that one, I'm holding it here. You better. This is my guy. <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah, uh, I, I think this film is incredible. Uh, it, it, it does so much with so little and tells a, just a beautifully intimate story about him. Essentially just about a man trying to figure out who he is and where he belongs. And... It just happens to also be Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's just wild. Um, yeah, so number two. Nice. All right. I guess we're going to call it there. Christina, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, we, we would love to have you back anytime that you want to come grace us with your presence. Yes, I'll, I'll give you a list of all the things we got opening if you ever want to come back. It's yours. All right. Um, and uh, I guess, uh, is there anything you would like to plug or uh, places you would like people to follow you on the media's social? 
Uh, I can be found on Instagram at zero underscore complaints. I post everything from art to inspiration to uh, an upcoming film project that I'm working on. So, Are you able to say anything about that or is that kind of a hush and tell? It's very touch and go. I haven't Uh started. I haven't even started filming yet, but I will start filming probably early February. I don't want to talk too much about the subject matter just yet. Gotcha. We're going to keep it Danny DeVito and LA Confidential. Yes. Very hush hush. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Trav, where can people find you? Of course, you can find me on the Instagram at ZK Audio, where I'm also on Twitter at T R A V I O S Z K, where you can also find me on Letterboxd, where I'm ranking and rating all my daily movie watches. And yesterday, I finally saw Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. And I'll leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Zach, let the people know where they can find you. Find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok at House Havoc, or Letterboxd by searching my name. Mr. Workman. Uh, You can find me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films that I watch. And this week, I watched... Come on, come on, the new Mike Mills film. Oh, on my list. I love that movie. It was That's very sweet, list. and I had a great time watching it. Uh, it's very nice to have uh, have Joaquin Phoenix back. Uh, it, it's nice to see him in the land of giving good performances again. <laughs> uh, and that kid, he's precocious Anytime and Anytime you have a chance to take a shot at Joker. Jesus. I don't even know what you mean. <laughs> God, Joker's terrible. Oh. Um <laughs> Here's Travis again. <laughs> I gotta stop doing visual things in this very audio medium. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I really like Come On, Come On. It's so sweet. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. You, I you think need to really, watch it. You're yes, going I, to enjoy it. Can, I can give you a link, Zach. Okay, I'll hook oh. you up. Oh. <laughs> yes. very Thank nice. you. <laughs> I forgot to mention I watched Belfast, and that was insanely oh. charming. Oh, it yeah. was charming. I loved it. I, 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 yeah. I'm in love with the precocious kids of 2021 right now. Yeah. And there we go. And there the weird babies. And the oh, weird. and the weird babies. I love weird babies. Yeah. <laughs> Almost as much as Bridges. Well, I love Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing to me? I got too much going on. Um, yeah. I, I really hope that uh, I get another weird baby in a movie soon because Ada is a sheep baby from Lamb is the most precious thing that ever happened to mankind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anytime someone mentions weird babies, I think of like train spotting. So I do not do weird <laughs> babies in movies. <laughs> so absolutely oh. not. <laughs> train spotting is one of my all time favorite movies. Oh. going to have to have some words when we finish up here, but I got to do this <laughs> outro. Um, all right. Zach, what are we watching next week? Next week, we are watching New York Stories, which you can rent on Amazon, Google Play, Vudu, or YouTube. Excellent. Okay, so we would like to thank Trav. Trav, thank you so much. Anytime. For producing our show. Uh, of course, he's on his podcast, Leveling Up Benjamin Banks, our sister podcast. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod on Facebook at the Oscar Whiskey Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice 
five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Yes, there. So, for Christina, Zach, Trav, and all the weird babies that came in 2021, we would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>